Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fignuts podcast. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. And this is season three, episode 20-something. What are we oh, up to? 24. 24. 24. There we go. That's really freaking professional. But you know what, Craig? <laughs> what? We just got thrown for a loop. We did. Because we record on Wednesday nights, and we literally, in the last five minutes, got informed that Tom Coughlin has been relieved of his duties as the executive vice president of football operations for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Wow. Um, I am now, right now, on my screen, has just loaded a statement from Jaguars owner Shad Khan. So let me tell you what I'm seeing before we get even into the beer. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna skip the first couple sentences because it just says basically I fired him. I determined earlier this fall that making this move at the conclusion of the 2019 season would be in everyone's best interests. But in recent days, I reconsidered and decided to make this change immediately. I thank Tom for his efforts, not only over the past three years, but for all he did from our very first season 25 years ago to put the Jacksonville Jaguars on the map. General Manager Dave Caldwell and Head Coach Doug Marone will each report directly to me on an interim basis. My expectations and those of our fans for our final two games and the 2020 season are high. Okay, let me let me just go off on this for a second. Okay, go ahead. I determined earlier this fall that making this move at the conclusion of the season would be in everyone's best interest. You decided sometime in the last three months you were going to do this? Uh, probably after Nick Foles... Uh, broke himself. Yes, and turned out to be not that good. But then Gardner Minshew, who, by the way, drafted by Tom Coughlin's administration, kind of bailed out your season after he got Leonard Fournette to be productive for the first half of the season before Leonard Fournette decided to be Leonard Fournette again. Mm -hmm. You have a receiving core that is a mash unit. And this is I I think you're you're firing the wrong person. I think Doug Marone is the one who needs to go here, but it's clearly that they're going to go after um, clearly they got rid, got rid of Coughlin. I think this is insane. Personally, I think I think you're you're looking at the wrong person. What do you, what's your immediate you know, reaction to this? I'm kind of shocked, but not I'm not a hundred percent surprised. I'm I'm shocked it happened now and not when the season ended. I'm surprised uh, it wasn't a full cleaning. Right. I'm surprised Caldwell and Marone still have jobs. If you're going to clean, if if you said to me one of them was going to lose their job, I would have told you it was Marone first. Oh, definitely. I, Caldwell probably would have survived. Caldwell would have been my third choice, but I would not have thought Coughlin would go on before Marone. So I, I don't and know. And you know what? It's not Thursday. Yes. Right. Yes. Bre- breaking news on a Wednesday <laughs> that we can actually talk it's rare. about. Very it's, rare. It's got to be about ten out of the sixteen weeks this season. Something has broken Thursday morning. Sometimes, literally, as I'm putting the podcast up for release, <laughs> I'll get a piece of breaking news. Like Antonio Brown was released on a Thursday, um, so much going on. But so it's not really first. But I always say it. But first, I want a beer, particularly after that news. <laughs> what are so, you drinking? Well, I went down to Brewport this evening for dinner. Um, Craig has this bizarre theory that goes along with his Madden curse that every time I go to Brewport, someone gets ill. Right. Um, but I'm hoping that's not the case. I brought home with me. A collaboration beer they released recently. Oh. A collaboration with No Worries. We've been to No Worries in Hamden. Yeah, this that's is pretty called, good. This is called Beautiful Disaster. Okay. And it is a New England IPA. Uh, there is no description on the can. Okay. Other than it's a New England IPA and it's 7.91%. Okay. What are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking one of your favorite beers. What do you got? I have a holiday ale. I have one in the bag. <laughs> this is this is I open with the new one and I go to the old reliable afterwards. Yeah, sometimes and, you have to. And full disclosure, I had holiday ale at dinner tonight. They had it on tap. Oh, they did. Nice. Oh yeah. I mean, if you've never been to Brewport in Bridgeport, Connecticut, they have an extensive tap list. They brew their own beer. There's like ten or fifteen beers that they make, and then in addition to that, they have several guest taps and usually a, a two road tap and they had holiday ale so i had to but anyway let's start with this bush there we go okay so you've had holiday ale so we don't have to review holiday ale. let me get a sniff of this Ooh, very hoppy nose hmm hmm i'm thinking it smells like i swirled and poured orange juice over a whole bunch of hops interesting yeah, it's just it's. I'm getting just a little bit of citrus, but it's mostly hops on the nose. All right, let's try a sip. Ooh, 
Oh, my taste buds are very confused. Uh-oh. <laughs> it's confused very how? juicy. Okay. But it's very hoppy throughout, and now the hops are kind of receding, and all I'm getting is juice. Hmm. Oh, here come the hops again. Here comes, like, the bitterness again. Wow. I'm going to have to save you one of these or oh, bring it thank to you. you. I mean, it's not like you don't know where Brewport is, but so, um, you already yeah. have it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, wow, that's good stuff. I, I definitely would. I'm Yeah. I'm going to enjoy drinking that six-pack. And it comes in 12-ounce cans, so it's a six-pack. And it was reasonably priced. I'm so used to, like, New England IPAs, particularly these days, that come in the four-packs at 16 like, ounces, and they're, like, 18 bucks. At least. Yeah, this was a six-pack for twelve fifty. I mean, bad. I can live with that. I can live Not with bad. $2 a can, even at 12 ounces. So, All right, so let's go to Burning Hot Takes. All right. Craig, give or receive. I will give. What do you got? So... Um, so I just wanted to get your take on this. Uh, Maurice Jones drew recently posted his four top candidates at running back of guys who he thinks should be traded. Well, first off, I'm glad to hear Maurice Jones drew is alive and well. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to know your thoughts on his list and which one of these guys you think out of the four. Yes, definitely. He's going to be traded or should be. Okay. All right, so as you may have noticed this past weekend, uh, Kenyon Drake had four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other guy, whose name is David Johnson, didn't. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's on the list of guys that should be traded. He's still mm-hmm. he's still set to make $26.25 million against the cap the next Ooh. two years. That's a big number. Yeah. Uh Next would be Le'Veon Bell. Mm. Uh, reason being, he doesn't think the Jets utilized him enough. Another guy with a big contract. But a big chon- contract, but I think the Jets are so broken this year, I can't see them getting rid of him already. Yeah. Um, next is Leonard Fournette. Because, you know, who knows what's going on in Jacksonville right now. And especially with light of the news tonight. Yep. Okay. And last on the list is Jarek McKinnon, who really hasn't seen a lot of the field in the last, like, two years. Is he still in San Fran? He is. Because he went from the Vikings to San Fran this year, but he's been so quiet. He's been injured, hasn't he? He has been. He has been, and they've been doing running back by committee. Well, yeah, but they've been so... doing a lot of running back by committee because of injury. Right. Brita is... Matt Breida is a minute-to-minute situation. And I think he's going to be a free agent next year. And Tevin Coleman has not been what they had hoped when they signed him as a free agent. Um, And then there's the other guy. And then there's Rashad Raheem Moser, who is very... So, wow. Okay, so of those guys, I would say the one most likely to honestly be traded would be Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't, I, I think back to the way the Jets have operated as a franchise in general. I know what, when, when administrations change, uh, head coaches and whatnot and, uh, general managers that, that approach sometimes changes, but sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes ownership has a pretty big stake in it. Historically, the Jets have liked veterans at certain skill positions and, um, made sacrifices to keep them there to kind of coach bases along. Example, they brought in Brett Favre for a season because they wanted a, they wanted somebody there at quarterback. They brought in Ladanian Tomlinson at the end of his career to try and mentor a younger team. Things of that nature they have a tendency of doing. They brought in Demarius Thomas this year. Nobody else would touch Demarius Thomas. The Jets were eager to, to, to snap him up. I think Le'Veon Bell fits that mold. So unless Le'Veon Bell does some Le'Veon Bell-level stuff to try and get himself out, he'll be there next year. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I don't I don't think Le'Veon Bell's going anywhere. Uh, for me, I th- I think it's David Johnson. I think his, his he time— He wasn't on the list. He was the first on the list. Oh, I missed it. I'm sorry. But, oh. yeah, he's good there, too. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, you know, he's he's set to make over $26 million in the next two years. He hasn't Jesus. done much— the last two seasons. So that I just week. I just think his time is up in Arizona. So last week, funny story, um, I was using DeAndre Washington in a couple of DFS pools. And I said to myself, well, if Josh Jacobs is active, 
Washington's value goes down. I had him. I had two shares of him in two different pools, uh, one in each pool. Mm-hmm. So I'm on a train. I'm in New York City for the holiday, and I uh, I I get a text. Josh Jacobs officially active, and I'm like, oh crap! I have to scramble, and I don't have a lot of time. So my I had looked it up in advance, like two hundred dollars cheaper than DeAndre Washington. And this is a sentence you'd never think you would hear. <laughs> David Johnson was two hundred dollars cheaper than DeAndre Washington. Wow. I opened one of the lineups. I took out DeAndre Washington and I put in David Johnson. I went to update the other lineup and I stopped and said, I'm going to diversify here because David Johnson is really, really bad. So then I see the final score and I see Arizona scored a bunch of points. and I'm like, he must have gotten something. Nope. Kenyon Drake had four touchdowns. David Johnson had six yards. Yep. (laughs) 0.6 points on DraftKings. I'm like, please tell me DeAndre Washington did something better than that. He had 3.4 points. I'm like, that's still better. <laughs> that is technically better. That is still better. Um, so, you know, profitable week this week, by the way, in DFS. How'd you do? Uh, this week, I I broke even. Nothing, nothing not exciting as the previous week. That's not terrible. I doubled up this week. I just had, and and not not for lack of trying to lose money, by the way, thanks to Sean Watson. <laughs> so, yeah, that did oh. not... Uh... Did not help me at all. Quick at snippet. All. I, I was I, I everybody's like I've been hearing and, a lot of and Goodwin didn't help me. So so this will be my question for you, and then mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you where it's going with it because it kind of legs into the Deshaun Watson. A, a lot of times on the talk radio, particularly on SiriusXM Fantasy, I hear people talk about quarterbacks you can trust. Right. John Hansen talks about it. I've heard the guys from ESPN talk about it. I've heard them talk about it with guests on their show. I've heard the guys from Roto Grinders talk about it. A lot of the bigger sites are talking about who can you trust at quarterback week to week or in certain situations. And I keep hearing the same one or two names. You can trust this guy and that guy. And depending on the situation, you can trust this guy and that guy. Craig, right now, based on the way the season has gone, week 16 without knowing anything, let's imagine in your head, before we get to the metric right. that every quarterback has the exact same salary. Is there anybody you would trust without knowing the matchup? So I tell you, I'm not going to tell you who's playing who and every quarterback is exactly $6,000. Pick one. Is there anybody you feel confident just trusting? Uh, if I had to just, if I had to pick one at this yeah. point in time of this season, it would be Lamar. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I mean, who else can you trust to be out there? And I mean, he's Drew Brees if he's playing too. at home. And, and see, and that's the key. What did I say to you? I said, I'm not giving any information about your opponent. So, yeah. So, again, situationally, Drew Brees is trustable. Situationally. But nobody is. Even Patrick Mahomes has become situationally trustable. Yep. And and Kansas City has played better on the road than at home this year. That's, that's they have, weird. Four losses, I'm pretty sure, without having right in front of me, I'm pretty sure three of them were at home. That's a very unusual. But anyway, so this leads me to the whole thing with Deshaun Watson is always on these commentators' list. How? How? I went back and I looked at his DraftKings numbers for this year. Okay. Again, 3X is the number. Right. You need 3X. And, and, and DraftKings, and if you haven't been paying attention— DraftKings lowers the values of quarterbacks. They want the quarterbacks to be valuable. They make it more difficult at running back and wide receiver. And then they try to tempt you with very bipolar tight end numbers. You can have Travis Kelsey for 7,000, but wouldn't you rather risk on Jack Doyle at 3,000? Mm-hmm. Huh? Mm-hmm. They, they do this. <laughs> so every week the metric comes out with eight or nine quarterbacks who could make 3X, who I believe will make 3X. If I get one running back or wide receiver, it's a miracle. And if I get a tight end, it's usually the third string guy or the guy like Ian Thomas, who's only catching passes because Greg Olson died. <laughs> By the way, Greg Olson's <laughs> back from the dead. He's playing this week. Oh, is he? He's supposed to play. I, no, I'm, everything we'll, I'm hearing well, is he's practicing. We'll, we'll see. I said he's an old man. <laughs> he's old. So, um, so you expect in a DraftKings format, your guy's going to make 3X a lot. Deshaun Watson going into this week or, or through week 15. Mm-hmm. Now, don't forget, there's one week off. He's played 14 games. 
seven times he's made value. Seven. Patrick Mahomes on the games where he did not leave injury, and there's two games he did not finish because I think of injury. I think it was two. So he only played 13. He's at like nine of 13. So Patrick Mahomes is more consistent from a DFS standpoint than Watson. So why is everyone shoving Deshaun Watson down my throat? I don't know. Everyone, everyone's been big on him since he was a rookie, and he's extremely talented. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if it's the team he's on, or the de- like how he reads defenses. It's I'm just not sure. So here's an interesting stat too for our listeners: of those seven times he missed a value, yep, five were divisional opponents. Hmm. He has one divisional game left. It's week seventeen. All five of the games up till now that he's played in his division, he has failed to make 3x value. So you know what that says to me, right? I am not touching him <laughs> next week. In week 17, he is verboten. There is no <laughs> way word. I will use him. I will not use him in a single lineup in week 17. I won't. I honestly won't. This week they're at Tampa. It's a good matchup. Won't use him. Do you trust uh, Winston instead? Winston, the last two weeks, has been epic. He's been over 400 yards and four touchdowns in each of the last With two games. With a broken finger. With a broken that finger. Watson? No, One that's that's Jameis. Jameis has the bad thumb. Oh, okay. um, but at the same time, he's thrown like five picks. But it's a rare situation. It's I call it Brett Favre syndrome, where you have a quarterback in fantasy who it doesn't matter if he throws picks. And that's where we're at with Jameis Winston. Do I think he's going to have a big game at Tampa against Houston? I don't know. I don't know. We'll get there. We'll get there. But I just I find it very interesting that all I hear for the experts is, oh, you can trust Deshaun Watson. No, I can't. Uh, no, you can't. No, we can't. He's not posting the points based on his value, at least not in DFS. If you trust him in season long, and I would argue there's a lot better choices in season long. So I don't know. I don't know. But you know yeah. what? That's a good segue. Because we're talking about Houston at Tampa. Oh, yeah. I, I have a gripe before we get to America's yeah. favorite game. Okay, okay. Sure. Go ahead. Attention, DraftKings. <laughs> what the fuck? Let me be clear on this. <laughs> As if what the fuck isn't clear enough. They have no full slate this weekend. Really? The largest slate of games starts Saturday night at 8 o'clock and runs through Monday. There are three afternoon games on Saturday. There is no slate that covers every game on DraftKings. What the holy hell? Didn't they do this last year? Yes, and I, I think if we rolled the tape from like week 16 last year, I was like, what in the holy hell are you doing? <laughs> there's th- there's three games on Saturday afternoon. I think it's Houston, Tampa, Buffalo, New England, and Rams, San Francisco. I could be wrong about that, but I think those are the three games on Saturday afternoon. And then Saturday night, There's, I think, is it Baltimore, Cleveland? I should pull up the damn schedule. But I was like, what the hell, man? How am I supposed to have a podcast and talk about a weekend (laughs) long version of what you can do when there's no such thing as a weekend long version of what you can do in the NFL because of the way that they've done stuff? Yeah, okay. Houston, Tampa, Buffalo, New England. All right, there's one game at 1 o'clock, one game at 4.30, and one game at 8.15. Houston at Tampa, Buffalo at New England, and L.A. at San Francisco are all on Saturday. So, number one, Houston at Tampa, potentially big game, right? A lot of names in that game. You just talked about how Jameis has been crazy. Um, You know, Watson could go off, but maybe not. You got Buffalo at New England. There's pieces there you could use. John Brown is always viable in a tournament. Um, Yeah, I guess. Um, You know, one of the defenses – L.A. at San Francisco, you know, that game preseason, you would have thought this game is going to matter. The Rams at San Francisco, you would have mm-hmm. thought this game was going to matter. It doesn't. Well, it does because nope. San Francisco has been on the skits lately. but <clears throat> They really have. Hey, and great news. If yep. you're an uh, AT&T Now subscriber, which I no longer am, yep. all those games are on the NFL network. So I hope you have cable because if you have oh. one of the streaming services that doesn't have the NFL network, you're screwed. So... So I, I'm a little annoyed because now I can't use Houston, Tampa, Buffalo, or New England in my picks. So I'm mildly annoyed. And if I'm playing main slate on Sunday, mm-hmm. do you know what the night game is Sunday night? 
Sunday night. Uh, that's your Chiefs, isn't it? Chiefs at Bears. First off, Sean, our dear contributor, is a huge Bears fan. I'm sorry, but you can suck it because we are going <laughs> to kick your asses. Mitch, he's going to make Mitch Trubisky is going to make our defense look so good, <laughs> so good. I, I, and I don't know that are. we're going to win the game. That game could be 17-10 Bears, but if the Chiefs get more than three touchdowns on the board, good night. Good night. If Tyreek Hill's, you know, if it's halftime and Tyreek Hill has 110 yards, two touchdowns, the game's over. Game's over. In Chicago, right? In Chicago. In Chicago. So we'll have to see. Uh, and Monday night game is Green Bay at, Ma- at Minnesota, which is a huge divisional matchup because they are both in the playoffs and they are, they are I think, one game apart and a bye could be in play here. So this is actually a big weekend. Buffalo at New England is a game that is essential to my life. <laughs> because the the Chiefs have the tiebreaker over the Patriots, right? And they're a game back. If Buffalo can somehow go into New England and win, and I've been picking against Buffalo all year and been shocked every time, and the Chiefs can beat the Bears, the Chiefs would be the two seed going into Week 17, and that's essential because New England plays Miami in Week 17. There is zero chance. That's the game they're going to lose. If New England's going to lose again between now and the end of the year, it's Buffalo. I need that game. I need it. Hmm. So then, so, wait, is Baltimore's the one seed right now? Baltimore's the one seed, and I think they lock it with a win, and they're at Cleveland. They might as well start printing the banners. <laughs> I Seriously, I mean, anyway. All right, let's play America's Favorite Game, because we All actually right. have numbers this week. We do. That work to your advantage. Oh, all right, so, Craig, you're going to do the overs first, and I'll tell you okay. why. All right. Because there's only two of them, and as you know, you get to carry over a strike if you don't if you don't strike out on the first one. And I want you to carry over a strike because there's three games Ooh. under 40. Ooh. So I want you to nail the overs so that you have the extra strike in the unders. Okay. Craig, and this is the full schedule in front of me, none of the DraftKings mumbo-jumbo. <laughs> I have... Every game in front of me, mm-hmm. I have two of them with at least a 50. They are 50 or more. Give me those two games. Uh, let's go Chiefs-Bears. Chiefs-Bears is incorrect. That's oh, strike one. damn it. That game is 45. Kansas City is a five-point favorite. Hmm. <sighs> oh, I think I think Kansas City is going to blow them out there. I might put some money on that. But that's strike one. All right. How about Houston Tampa? Oh, geez, I think I hope oh. that that was me hitting the mic with my hand. <laughs> Houston at Tampa is correct. That is a fifty-one. Houston is a two and a half point favorite. Two and a half point favorite on the road against the mm. Tampa offense that can't play a Tampa that can't play any defense but plays fantastic offense, but just lost Chris Godwin. If I told you you had to bet Houston at Tampa with Houston giving two and a half, how would you go? Mm, the way the last couple of weeks have been, I think I'd go Tampa. I think you got to go. Yeah, I think there's a possibility. Yeah, I think you can make arguments either way. But that one's correct. I got one more. Okay. And you got two strikes. All right. And, and I apologize see. for bumping the mic there. Eh, it happens. I'm Ooh. on location this week, folks. So <laughs> I'm not in the Blake Bortles Memorial Studio. <laughs> uh, L.A. San Francisco. Strike two. Ooh. That is a 45 San. San Francisco is a six and a half point favorite at home. I would take San Francisco with that and run away with it. You have one strike left. All right. One um, game for 50. New Orleans, Tennessee. That is correct. New Orleans at Tennessee is a 50 and a half. Now, here's the thing. We just saw what New Orleans has done at home. They're at Tennessee. What do you, if you had to guess what the spread is on that, how many, obviously New Orleans is going to be the favorite at Tennessee, right? Right. They're going to be a road favorite. Right. Who? How many points would you give? Be given New Orleans right now? Giving New Orleans? Or I'm oh, sorry. How many points should New Orleans be giving? I'm sorry. Oh, I said okay. that. Uh, ten. One and a half. Really? New Orleans is a one and a half point favorite at Tennessee, in a game that's going to score fifty points. That means literally, they think the final score of this game is twenty six twenty four. Ah, I don't know. I think Tennessee. The last few weeks, Tennessee's secondary have made quarterbacks look really good who aren't yeah. that, you know, compared to Drew Brees. Yeah. They're not Drew well, Brees. 
and the whole thing is they're outside. We all know Drew Brees hates being outside. Eh, okay, I get that. But Tennessee is not going to be able to keep up with New Orleans. I mean, New Orleans' defense has been showing signs of slowing down. But still, still, I think New Orleans runs away with that. So I'm going to be putting money on New Orleans there. Okay, so you you were successful. So you carry over an extra strike. You now have four strikes. And I have three games under 40. Under Give 40. Me the three games under 40. All Let's right. Drink my beer and not bump the mic. <laughs> Let's go Giants Redskins. Incorrect. Oh, that's a forty-two and a half. And Washington, Washington's favored. Oh, because they're at home. Washington's a two and a half point favorite against the Giants. <laughs> Is anyone even going to watch that game? Uh, well, I mean, if you're a Giants fan or a Redskins fan, uh, those those people don't exist anymore. <laughs> All right, so uh, two, so that's strike one. Still got three on the board. Still got three strikes. And these are under 40. Under 40. Dallas, Philly. Strike two. Oh, really? Even with even with Prescott hurt, huh? 46. And Dallas is a two and a half point favorite. Wow. Even with gotta, Prescott hurt. Hmm. Along the lines of games that people are going to watch, but no one should. I, I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. Did you watch Gridiron Heights this week yet? Not yet. Did you watch last week's with the photo shoot? You watched that with me, right? Right. Do you remember the team that tried to sneak in because they were doing a photo shoot of the playoff teams and yep. the Rams tried to sneak in and pretend to be in the NFC East as the Delaware Clams? Yep. <laughs> they brought back the Delaware Clams for this episode. Nice. They are strongly pushing. The Rams in Gridiron Heights are strongly pushing to be moved to the NFC East so that they can be considered competitive. <laughs> so... All right, so you got two strikes on you. Have don't have any right yet, though. No, it's there's sad. still three games out there. All right, um, yeah. these games are bad. Carolina Indy, strike three. Oh, is that or is that strike four? Four. That's four. There, you're done. Carolina Indy, where are you on my list? There, uh, there it is. Forty-five and a half. Forty-five and a half. So the correct answers. And again, we talk about this because these are games that, in a general. DFS set sense you should avoid these games. Buffalo at New England is a 38 and a half. It just is. Hmm. Buffalo at New England is 38 and a half. Pittsburgh at the Jets. I am shocked you didn't get really? that. <laughs> shocked you didn't get that. That one's also 38 and a half. And then last one is Detroit at Denver's a 37 and a half. So if you need wow. me to tell you that you shouldn't use anyone from Detroit at Denver, <laughs> I, I mean. Well, Detroit is terrible I mean, against the run, but who do you start, Lindsey or Freeman? Neither one has been know, very I would, If I had to pick someone, I would start Drew Locke. Yeah, that, that's an option. You know what? They talked about that this morning. Um, a caller called into Sirius XM Fantasy in the morning, and um, the question was, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick, <laughs> but Allen and Locke – are both on the waiver wire. What do I do? Do I go get Allen because he's at New England and that's a bad idea? Or do I go get Locke because he's bad but at but hosting Detroit is a good idea? Or do I just run with Fitz because he's playing at home against Cincinnati? <laughs> and I think the, the host's brains exploded. They were just like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Who would you start out of those three? I, you know, I've kind of been a Drew Locke truther, so I probably would go Drew Locke, but I don't think any of them are a really great choice. I mean, Allen and Locke seem to be a little bit more talented, but Locke is very fresh. So you, you can't start Allen against New England because New England schemes too well. You can't start Locke against Detroit because Detroit can't scheme at all, but Locke doesn't look like he's polished yet. So you go to Fitzpatrick, who is so inconsistent, but he's a favorite at home over Cincinnati. Yeah, folks, Miami is a one-point favorite this week. <laughs> it's essentially a coin toss. I get it, but I I guess I'd probably go I, – I know, I know the answer to the question for you. Go ahead and say it. I know what the answer is. It's magic. <laughs> I just want you to say it. Yeah, okay. So that's America's favorite game. Let's talk about the metric. Let's talk about week 16 in DFS. All right. So let's start in the quarterback ranking. So we talked a lot about how quarterbacks in DraftKings should make 3X on a fairly regular scale. To that point, I have nine players in the 3X range in my projections. So 
you've got value all over the place. So I'm going to do the same thing I do every week. Who is stud that you could use, but you're going to pay up for him? Who's a value option? Who's the safe middle guy? The pay up guy, I'll give you one guess. Who's the pay up guy that I like this week? Uh, I'm going to say Lamar. Lamar Jackson. He's 8,000, but he's playing at Cleveland. Again, that's a Saturday game, so you can't use him in a main lineup. Um, but that's, you know, he's out there. I, I really do like him this week. Um, my safe guy, my middle-of-the-road guy, and, and this one I come with a little bit of apprehension when I say his name, is Russell Wilson. He's only 7,000 because he's been really, really off lately. But that means he only needs 21 points. He's he might playing get Arizona. He's playing Arizona at home. He's in Seattle playing Arizona. That's a huge benefit to him. He's only 7,000. He only needs 21 points to provide you value. So if you need money to pay up at other positions, he's not a bad option. Who I'm using is the cheapo option. <laughs> I'm going Philip Rivers. Rivers is at home against Oakland, and historically, he loves to play Oakland particularly late in a season when everybody's like, in the last couple of weeks, the Philip Rivers is too old narrative has gained a lot of steam. It has. If he's going to make a case that they should not get ready to move on from him, this is the game. This is it. So I'm probably rolling with Philip Rivers. He's only 5,700, which means to get to value, he needs 17 points and change. I have him slated for 18 points. And again, I'm going to use him in order to save money so I can pay up at running back and wide receiver. Craig, who do you like in the quarterbacks this week? Um, this week, pretty much the same the along those same lines. Uh, Lamar, again, is 8,000, but he's playing Saturday. My go-to guy this week would probably be Russell Wilson mm -hmm. uh, because of the reasons why we mentioned. He's, he's at home. He's playing Arizona. He's 7,000, so he's on a towards the pricier end of QBs, but mm. still affordable. I'm totally staying away from Matt Ryan. I kind of, I'm over the Falcons at I, this point. <laughs> I want to use Matt Ryan because I've been a big, I've been a big fantasy Falcon guy. I drafted Ryan. I drafted Julio. I thought they were going to be better this year as a team. And I thought even if they're not good, they're a garbage time scoring team. The biggest question I have unanswered from this season is how Dan Quinn is still on this team. I thought for sure he was a dead man walking coach going into their bye, and then nothing. No, give it three weeks. Uh, yeah, I, weeks. I think he's absolutely a, a strong Black Monday candidate. Very strong. So, all right, I just bumped the mic. Again, I apologize to everyone today. This is what happens when I'm not in studio. <sighs> Running backs. There is no one at 3x value. <laughs> Oh, but you know what? Step back for the quarterbacks. Just so yeah. you know, the, one of the reasons I also like Philip Rivers, his ownership is going to be lower. He is a potential tournament play as well. Both Russell and Lamar I have projected at 20% or more. So running backs, nobody's good. Nobody. And none of the usual suspects are in that top tier today in value. Christian McCaffrey has been about 10,000, but if I project him for 28, that's 2.8x. He's close to the top. Not this week. Not this week, folks. Not <laughs> this week. The top guy on my list is Craig's favorite person, a man who I used to love, and I just I, I had to quit. <laughs> Joe Mixon. Bro Mixon, I've got him slated for 19 points. He's only 6,600. He's playing Miami. Him a, and he's playing in Miami. <laughs> so you don't have to worry about snow. Nope. And it's Miami. The other guy I, that would be like that would be really like, but he's way cheaper, and there's a reason he's way cheaper, is Melvin Gordon. And the reason he's way cheaper is Austin Eckler, because the last couple weeks they seem to go with a hot hand approach. And I don't understand, short of the fact that no one on the the Chargers seem to understand how a passing game works, how this team's not in the playoff contention. They have two good running backs this is the same formula a couple years back that atlanta rode to the super bowl yes remember was it was Devontae freeman and i'm drawing a blank was it tevin coleman it was tevin coleman the two of them were like thunder and lightning it was like you go ahead and give you know i mean a lot of teams back in the day you know i'm gonna use your Bengals. 
Who's backing up Joe Mixon these days? Is it still Geo? Or is he hurt? Yes. No, it's still Geo. Okay. If if you see Giovanni Bernard come in on third and seven as a defender, what's your first thought? Uh, that he's probably getting the ball. He's probably getting the ball, but is he getting a handoff on mm. third and seven? Mm. He's Maybe probably not. getting a pass. He's probably, probably getting, getting a pass. So he, so you're going to do one of two things. You're going to bring somebody because you know it's a pass. You know Gio Bernard's either in there to catch the uh, the short pass and try to run it out or to pass protect. So you bring somebody and you see what Gio does. If he blocks, you know he's not involved in the play. But there's no fear of the run. If he doesn't block and he runs out, all of a sudden the safety charges like a madman towards him. And by the time the ball gets to Gio's hands, the safety's up at the line of scrimmage and he's able to take him for like a minimal gain and you don't convert on third and seven. You don't get that when you have backs like Eckler and Gordon. Eckler catches more passes, but yes, he can take a handoff too. On third and six, third and seven, it's not unheard of for the Chargers to hand the ball off to Eckler. It's just not. So, I don't know. I don't know. By the way, before I, I erroneously said Baltimore Cleveland was on Saturday, that is a Sunday game. My, my apologies on that. So, so I, I, I want to use Melvin Gordon, but I can't because I can't trust would you, him. Would you use both of them? Oh, that's no, because I'll tell you and I'll tell you why, because the next guy down on my list is in the same situation where he's in a timeshare and you don't know who to trust. But I like the run defense better there. So I won't use Gordon and Eckler against Oakland. I'll use Lindsey and Freeman against Detroit. If I'm going to go too deep on the same team at running back, it's going to be there. Now, I'm not going to do that because I already have Phillip Rivers in there, and I don't think this is going to be a blowout game for them. I, I, I would. It's, it, takes a, it takes a big leap of faith for me to stack two running backs with a quarterback. A huge leap of faith. They'd have to be playing like a high school level team defense. <laughs> well, and to be honest, Detroit might be a high school level team defense. But um, so I don't know. Running back, Mixon's going to be highly owned. Philip Lindsay's not. Um, I mean, another name on my list is Zeke. He usually does well against Philly, but he's very expensive. There's really no one I super trust. So I'm probably going to go chalky. I'm going to look to use either a Zeke or a McCaffrey here um, because I'm saving money at quarterback. And then I'm going to look for a low percentage option, somebody who has the potential to do really well. I hate to use the name Patrick Laird, but I might. But I'm probably going to diversify a little bit in my running back. If I'm going to use Phillip Rivers, I'm probably looking to to go you know, stud and reach at running back. But what do you like in running back this week? Uh, running back this week is a mess. It really is. Um, Agreed. Yeah. All the good matchups are guys you can't trust or in timeshares. So I, I do like Mixon because the last two weeks, he's three weeks, he's been playing the way everyone thought he would at right. week one. And he's playing Miami. Uh, I do like Philip Lindsay against Detroit, and his price tag is 5300 And mm-hmm. he's kind of pricey, but I do like Miles Sanders against Dallas. That's an interesting pick. I don't dislike Miles Sanders either. The problem is Jordan Howard is still there. I just don't know how much they're going to use him. I don't know. All these timeshares have become really difficult to predict. It has. Really difficult to predict. And it's it's the trend, and I like that that that's a trend, but it just makes it more difficult for us. And at 8,500, I just think Chris Carson's might be too expensive to use. And there's a guy whose timeshare now is is injured, which is the only reason he's that expensive is because Rashad Penny is done for the year. If Rashad Petty were active, that he would not be that expensive. So running back, good luck. That's my advice. <laughs> wide receiver, even more good luck. Let me just run down with why you're not going to use these people, the top names on the on the metric. The top name on the metric this week is Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb? Do we have we said his name at all this year? Like once. <laughs> you're not going to use Randall Cobb. The reason Randall Cobb is at the top of the list is because he's down to $4,100. Randall Cobb is going to have two good games a year. He's already had two good games. I can't use Randall Cobb. Number two on the list is Mike Williams. Let me tell you about Mike Williams. You cannot trust Mike Williams. 
He is a three-point or 30 guy. He has a floor in the basement, and his ceiling is cathedral's height. You're ne- he, if, he catches, if he catches three balls, he's going to go off. The problem is Philip Rivers never gets him the ball. And every time I've come on this podcast and said, use Mike Williams, I've looked stupid. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you to use Mike Williams, even though the metric wants you to. Third name, Chris Conley. Same problem. I used Chris Conley last week, and he saved my DFS lineups. I can't use the hot hand two weeks in a row. Well, he's at Atlanta. Fantastic. So are a lot of other people, and they just fired their senior <laughs> VP. We have no idea what's going to happen there. Fourth name on the list. We're still looking for somebody we can use. Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is the mirror image of Randall Cobb. If I use Randall Cobb, I can't use Michael Gallup, and vice versa. One of them's going to get the ball. Good luck figuring it out. And when you do, email me, fignutsdfs at gmail.com. <laughs> if you figure it out before the game, let me know. The next name on the list is Devontae Parker. I think he's broken still, isn't he? I have no clue. The metric says he's going to get 16 points. If he does play, but I don't know. I think he's I think he's done. I don't think he's going to get 16 points if he sits in the stands. So <laughs> the next name on the list is Michael Thomas. The problem is he's 9,300. Yeah, you're going to get 20 points out of him, but he's 9,300. Next name on the list, Curtis Samuel. Quarterback change. Can't trust him. Next name on the list, Keenan Allen. He's Keenan Allen. I can't trust him. Next name, <laughs> Christian Kirk. That's fantastic, except who's the name past Christian Kirk? Larry Fitzgerald. Well, I can't use them both. So I, I'm looking at the list this week at wide receiver. I trust no one. There is no one in the value range I trust. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to focus on secondary receivers in high-impact games. If I can use – I don't even know if he's active. I know Will Fuller came back last week. I have no idea if he's still playing. I'm going to look at Will Fuller. I'm going to look at guys like Marquise Brown because of Marquise Brown. High touchdown guys. High guys who are more than likely to catch at least one touchdown. I'm going to look at Marquise Brown. I'm going to look at DK Metcalf. I'm going to look at Terry McLaurin. I'm going to probably try to go off of the grid on this one and go with guys who are going to be less than 10% owned. I mean, a lot of people, my, my ownership projections have Mike Williams over 30%. So you know what? That means either I got to use Mike Williams and if I do, he's going to do nothing, and we're all going to be stuck in the same boat. Or I got to go contrarian, and I got to not use Mike Williams. I, I honestly don't know what to tell this people. Is, Craig, this is help worse me. than uh, running backs. Help me at wide receiver, Craig. Who can I use? I need two of these names. Who can I use? Uh, this is a rough week for receivers. It sucks. It, it, it does suck. It does. The good right. matchups are in Here's... games that don't matter. That's the problem. True. So... You may have to pay up for Michael Thomas, or I would. You might would. not have an option. You may not, because the Titans rank 22nd in pass defense. Oy. So that's something to think about. Uh, another person on my list who, he's kind of been off the map the last couple of weeks, and he's not like in the top 10 of value, is mm-hmm. Tyler Boyd against Miami. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be that highly owned, and he's also 5,800. I got him at 4% ownership. That's that's not a concern. And again, really only concerned in cash games. We're talking ownership is really about more about the tournaments in general. Right. But cash games, if you're looking at a guy who's at 10 percent projected ownership and a guy who's at 30, you want and you think they're the same player. You want to go with the 10 percent because you want to differentiate differentiate yourself from the crowd where you can. But you don't want to pass up. If I told you right now, I am 100 percent sure Michael Thomas is going to go off this week. And you said to me, well, Britt, he's going to be 60% owned. I wouldn't care. If I'm sure of a player's matchup, I will use that player. But when I'm not sure of a matchup or the matchups are very even, ownership matters. And I can't believe I'm saying this this third name. You mentioned two of his teammates, but I kind of like Amari Cooper this week. <sighs> and here's This is the reason why. So the Eagles secondary in the last – since week – was it seriously – since week mm-hmm. 13, they've allowed the third highest passer rating. And you know, you know who they've played? No. They've played Eli Manning, Dwayne Haskins, and it's magic. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they are they are not great, and their cornerbacks, at least one of them, he's allowed 2.9 yards per snap. So he's second worst among 116 cornerbacks. 
So let me ask the question here. Mm -hmm. Can we go contrarian? Can we feel comfortable in a cash game starting Dak, Zeke, and Cooper? Because Dak is only 6,400. That's an interesting stat. Dak is actually playing, yes. Is Is he on the injury report? I haven't heard this. He he has an in, he has a shoulder injury he's been dealing with and he hasn't practiced this week. Oh, oh, okay. Well, that would that would and that would change the value of all the wide receivers if he's not playing. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Let's talk about tight end. Listen, just use Mike Jacecki. I'm done. <laughs> I, he's thirty six hundred. If he catches one touchdown, then you're at value. If he doesn't catch a touchdown, well, then you can yell at me. Um, I'm actually going to probably, honestly, the, probably the, the, the best play for me is Austin Hooper. He's 4,400, and Jacksonville is woeful against the tight end. Um, Noah Fant is broken. That. Noah Fant is broken, but for some reason the metric still says he's going to get nine points. <laughs> I thought they put him on IR. I thought they did. I don't know what it is. And Ian Thomas, I, I you know, here's the thing. So Ian Thomas is the next name down on the list. 3,100, and the metric is telling me eight points, but I'm like, metric, what's-his-name is coming back this week? Um, uh, Greg Olson, is it practice this week? And it's like, yup, okay, well, <laughs> Ian Thomas, eight points, sure. Y- you can't have that, sure. Uh, and, and the problem is I'm paying up. I'm in a situation where no matter what I do with my lineup, I'm going to end up paying for a big running back or and or a big wideout. I'm going to yes. have McCaffrey or Zeke or Amari or Michael Thomas across pretty much all of my lineups. I can't afford to pay up at tight end. I can't afford to go down to Zach Ertz at 6,400. Or, or Darren I, Waller at 61. Oh, my God. Were we right about Darren Waller or what? That's right. Oh, my we were. God. Week one, I said use Darren Waller as a, a cheap option. And this is the problem with DFS late in the season. Expensive. Week, yeah, and we, the first three weeks of the season, go ahead and listen to our week one through three DFS. I told you back then, Darren Waller is an option. This kid could be good, and if he makes value, he's going to change your lineups because he's only like $3,000. He's six grand now. The value is gone. Everyone knows our secret. Damn it. You know what this is like? This is what? like the episode of The Simpsons. With the flaming mo, <laughs> Darren Waller is the flaming mo, and the first three weeks of the season we screamed, "Drink a flaming mo!" and everyone ate it up and everyone loved it. And then someone leaked the secret, <laughs> and now every syrup. <laughs> it's cough syrup. Every restaurant has the Darren Waller flaming mo. And now there's nothing special about it. And now here's where we are. And Darren Waller, because of his price tag, his ownership is really low. The big names this week are Hooper and Ertz. And Hooper's only a big name because he's cheap. He's cheap. Yeah, he's 4,400. He's Austin even Hooper. cheaper than Hunter Henry. I was just going to say that. Listen to me carefully. Austin Hooper is a better value <laughs> and cheaper than Hunter Henry. Think about that. Just, just Yeah, exactly. Let that just sink into your brain meats for a minute. All right, so I'm using Hooper there probably, even though his ownership is really high. I won't use him in tournaments. In tournaments, honestly, if we're going to talk about tournaments, which we rarely ever do on here, you're my tournament guy. I'll, I'll listen to you when it comes to tournaments. In tournaments, I probably would pay up for Waller. Yeah, I think you'd have to. I'm going to save money elsewhere. Yeah, you're going to have to find your secret weapon somewhere other than tight end. Well, I'm looking at the wide receiver ranks right now. I'm looking at guys like Curtis Samuel. I'm looking at guys like Larry Fitz. I'm looking at guys like Jarvis Landry and Marquise Brown. These are all guys in the mid-range, the four dollars to $5,000 range. So instead of paying $9,000 for Michael Thomas, I get uh, Fitz and Landry or Landry and Brown for about the same cost. Now all of a sudden I've freed up an entire position's worth of money and now all of a sudden I can afford Darren Waller. <sighs> this is just depressing. I got to be honest <laughs> with everybody. I don't know what to tell folks. I really don't. This is this is yeah. the hardest. Was it this bad the last two years? Like I, we'd have to go back and listen. I don't think it was this bad. I don't think in week sixteen I was having this much trouble finding value recommendations for our, our listeners. I yeah. don't think I was. I, but now I am. It's this is this season has been much more 
I get the feeling like DraftKings and FanDuel, and I can't really speak for FanDuel. Craig does much more on FanDuel than I do. DraftKings has really been much more stat-driven than it was in the previous years. I feel like in the previous years, they're like, well, yeah, Darren Waller's coming on, but he's had a couple bad games, so let's put him at like 5,500. And now a computer is spitting out 6,100, and the people at DraftKings are going, yeah, 6,100. I feel like they're tightening up in areas where they didn't tighten up before. And the only place they want you to really experiment is quarterback. They really want you to consider 10 different quarterbacks. Yeah, I remember quarterbacks. quarterbacks last season were like eight grand, like average. If I, if I could find three at the value line, I, I'd be shocked. This year I've got nine in week 16, but I don't have value anywhere else. I don't even have a value defense to propose this week. The <laughs> metric. The metric wants you to start Titans. No, don't do that. <laughs> but they're, they're recommending it because it's 2100 and the projected ownership value is 10%. Honestly, I'm looking at the list. Honestly, the best the defense I'm going to recommend this week is the Eagles. But yeah. how can I recommend the Eagles? I just spent 20 minutes talking about why we could stack Dak and Zeke. <laughs> I, I mean, just, there's maybe the Redskins. I don't know. Listen to yourself. This yeah. is how desperate we've become. The Redskins. This is how no, desperate. If we've I would have to, I would, man, and it's a lot of money for a defense. But if you want to pay up, you should start Seattle against Arizona. Yeah, because Seattle's at home, and Seattle always plays better at home. But they're thirty-seven hundred. They're thirty-seven hundred, but they're the the second highest scoring defense I have. The top defense I have this week in terms of just straight up scoring is Denver. And that's because they're playing Detroit, but they're $3,500. I think they're the most, they're like the third or fourth most expensive. Yeah. The yeah. Ravens are 4,000. Steelers are at 3,900. The Seahawks are at 37. I just, I don't know. I just don't know. This week in DFS, and again, this is the point in the season where I look at, and again, I have a bankroll plan. I budgeted X amount of dollars to spend in week 16. There's a very big part of me that wants to say I'm not confident enough to spend the bankroll I budgeted, spend like half of it and, and increase what I'm going to spend next week. Just, yeah. Just, I mean, I just, I can't, I normally, and, and if folks, if you've listened to me a lot, you know, I am not this indecisive. I come on here and I scream, you're going to stack Matt Hooper, yep. <laughs> Matt Hooper. You're going to stack Matt Hooper and Austin Ryan. You're going to stack <laughs> Matt Ryan with Austin Hooper and sleep, sleep well about it. You're going to be fine. I honestly not this week. I'm looking no. I ran these numbers, I reran these numbers, I changed my projections slightly to try and make them look more appealing. Because listen, projections, folks, again, in DFS, they're an estimate. They're an estimate. When I say somebody's gonna score twelve points, they could score as little as six, they could probably score as many as thirty. All depends on the individual. So a lot of times I look for folks where the floor is close to their projection. So like Austin Hooper, for example, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk since we have a minute and yeah. I have no idea what to recommend, folks. I have Austin Hooper projected for 12 points. Mm -hmm. Austin Hooper's floor. If Austin Hooper has a terrible game against Jacksonville, his floor is probably seven or eight points. He's going to catch three or four passes for about 30 yards. And that's a bad game right now against Jacksonville does not defend them well. And Ryan's already looking his way. So seven points. If he scored less than seven points, I'd be shocked. Now, what happens if he gets eight catches for 110 yards and two touchdowns? That's 19, 12. That's 31 points. Is it going to happen? Probably Maybe. not. Probably but not. Could it, could yes. it happen? It yes. Could. So his range, I haven't projected for 12, but his range is really seven to like 28. Who are those guys I think are more likely to beat their projections? That's where you got to look this week. That's where you got to look this week. I'm looking at Mike Jacecki. I haven't projected for 10 points. Honestly, his floor is one. His ceiling is 15. <laughs> Hooper's probably, when you look at the ceiling numbers, a better value. But it's just so hard this week. They, you know, applaud and kudos to DraftKings. You made my life a living hell this week. <laughs> I don't know what to tell people. I'm scared. And I'm just going to tell folks, be cautious this week. That's my advice in DFS. Be cautious. Trust your gut. If you think you see value where other people's don't, do it. Because I don't have confidence in any of this. None. None. And that and, and that's that's a hard thing for me to admit. I come on here every week 
for three years. We're almost to 150 episodes. We're over 120 <laughs> episodes right now. And every week I come on here and I scream, start here are the guys guy. you can trust. This start guy. Yep. this guy, start that guy. I've tossed out stacks. We have been productive. We have made money. I am still up on the year. I did a, an analysis of my, my uh, bankroll this year. Even if I lose every pool I play in week 16 and 17, I'm plus for the year. I've already sealed in as long as I don't decide to get drunk and go out and say, ah, screw my bankroll. I'm going to bet it all. <laughs> as long as I don't do that, I'm going to be fine this year. I'm going to be positive for the third straight year. But there's weeks like this where I just don't feel confident. I don't feel good about the DFS pools this week. I just don't. So final thoughts, Craig. That's depressing as all hell. Final thoughts. Um, something positive to go out on. Uh, hi, Deb. And you know what? Hi. If you get a chance to see it, uh, go see Star Wars. Craig right. and I have screening tickets for 9 a.m. on Friday morning. Um, so, yeah. So I have a, a dual final thought. Um, uh, what was that? Oh, God, it just flew out of my head. Oi, dead air. <laughs> I had it written down too, and I don't have no. it in front of me now. Um, well, first off, this is going to be our last uh, podcast before the holiday. So, a very Merry Christmas to those of you who celebrate. A happy holidays to everybody else. We will be recording a day late next week because Christmas is on our normal recording day. But that's okay because there's no Thursday game. We're done with Thursday games for the year. So, you're not going to miss anything by us releasing on Friday. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we will release on Friday uh, going into the next couple of weeks. Oh, I remember what it is. Okay, so this is week 16. Yep. For those of you who are in championship week games, congratulations. Enjoy the ride. Congrats. Uh, congrats on making it to the championship game. It is a long, grueling fantasy season, and we wish you all the best. My advice is the same as I gave you last week. Use what got you here. Don't start getting cute. Don't start getting cute. And listen to me. Listen carefully to me on this. This is my final bit of advice. If you're in a game this weekend and your opponent has either Dalvin Cook or, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Alexander Madison. I drew a blank. I almost had a who's that guy moment. If your opponent has Cook or Madison and you look at the waiver wire and you see the name Matt Boone, grab him. Grab him now. <laughs> Do it now. I don't know who's going to play for Minnesota this week, but I know this. If I'm sitting across from a guy who's got Cook and or Madison, and they're both questionable this week, I don't want Mike Boone sitting on the waiver wire come Sunday morning. No. <laughs> Go pick him up. So that's my advice. Happy holidays and pick up Mike Boone. Uh, and we will be back next week, a day late. But we will be back. Um, leave us a review on Apple uh, Podcasts or wherever you listen to us, Spotify, Player FM, Stitcher, the whole lot. Uh, connect with us on Twitter at FignutsDFS. Email us, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. And just a reminder, if you are local to the Connecticut area, uh, we will be hosting our annual party at uh, Two Roads Brewery on December 31st. It's appropriately named Bro Year's Eve. Craig has the day off this year. I do. Amazing. And the day it's, after. <laughs> it's a which is essential. Yes. I mean, Craig, Craig works in retail, so you have to understand that New Year's Day is not a day off for Craig. <laughs> not usually. So, not usually. This is a New Year's. This is a Bro Year's miracle. So we will be at Two Roads uh, Brewery in Stratford, Connecticut from 12 to 5. Um, please, if you're in the area and you listen – Stop by, yeah. stand in the middle of the room, and yell, I love the football fig nuts. We will find you because we'll be somewhere nearby and probably four or five beers in. So stop by and have a beer with us. We would love to connect with you guys. Uh, but we'll be back. Enjoy week 16. Season's almost over. <laughs> My almost. God. You're almost there. I'm almost there every year at this point. I'm just like, <laughs> why, Jesus, why? <laughs> so uh, Merry Christmas. We will talk to you next week. Until then, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast.